and welcome dental practice owners to another episode of the Wildly Successful Dental Practice series. Today, I wanna to talk to you about your patient satisfaction and how to increase that. Now, before we even get into patient satisfaction, it's really important to understand why it's actually so important to your bottom line. Hi doctors and welcome. My name is Nermeen Jasani, and I'm a lawyer turned dental practice consultant, and this is the Wildly Successful Dental Practice Podcast. I help dental practice owners like you create a wildly successful dental practice, one where they're not just the associate in their practice, but they're also the CEO. I abhor hacks or gimmicks, and I believe and practice business fundamentals and proven business strategy. There is no one-size-fits-all strategy. Everything needs to be tailored to your unique dental practice, practice specialty area, and revenue goals. This is not about feelings. This is about numbers and making data-driven decisions to grow your practice. Let's get drilling on this episode. Now, you've probably already heard this before, but I'm gonna say it again, and hopefully it really, really clicks for you this time. But for me as a practice consultant, your patient satisfaction scores, your Google reviews are probably the most important thing for the health of your practice when I am giving your practice a grade. So what that means is I want to know that your patients are truly happy with you as their dental practice, right? That they feel like they are taken care of, that you are not price gouging them, that you are explaining things to them, that you are respectful, that you respect their time. All of that goes into the patient satisfaction score. And also just seeing what people are saying on Google reviews and the public about your practice. So let's really explain and talk about why it's so important for me. Number one, your patients are the lifeblood of your practice, right? Without patients, you don't have a practice. You've just got an office space with a bunch of chairs and a bunch of people and with nothing to do. And a degree that you spent many years getting and no one to actually serve, right? Your patients are everything. And making sure your patients are happy is your number one goal and objective. Not even production, not even collection, all of that for me is going to take a back seat. And for you should be the front seat part of this conversation, your patient satisfaction. So there's multiple stages of patient satisfaction, but what I want you to understand is that it literally is the one thing that drives your bottom line. If a patient comes in and gets bad service and never comes back to you again, lost patient, lost revenue, done. If that keeps happening and you are churning through patients because your patient satisfaction score is so low, it doesn't matter what you do for marketing. It doesn't matter how many great people you have on your staff. It doesn't matter how beautiful your location is or how fancy your technology is. None of that matters if you are not able to keep your patients happy and coming back. Also, patient retention and patient satisfaction is going to help keep your new patient marketing costs low. So in the last episode, we talked a lot about marketing and how there's a difference between marketing to um, already existing patients and then marketing to new patients. Well, what I want you to understand is that 
if you are marketing effectively to your already existing patients, you're not going to need new patients as often as maybe other practices do, right? You're not gonna need that phone to keep ringing. You're not gonna need to spend all of this money on social media or a big fancy website or a billboard or a fancy SEO campaign if your current patients are already happy with the service that they're getting. So let's talk about the phases of patient satisfaction and what you can do to improve yours. Now, the first step when I'm looking at my clients and I'm looking at their patient database is doing a survey. And listen, Every practice is different. Some practices prefer paper, some prefer, you know, digital. Wherever you fall in line, I've done both kinds of surveys, digital paper format and analyzed the data results. Essentially, you wanna give them a survey. You wanna incentivize them to take the survey. You want to ask questions like, how do you like our location? How do you like the staff? If you had to give us a grade, what would you give us a grade of? What have you been unhappy with? Is there something that we can improve to make this experience even better for you? That is the most rich data that you can get for your practice. Because you could be thinking that your new associate is doing great and you might have seven survey responses that say, in detail what that person did. And it may not show up on Google reviews, but it is gonna show up in that format. You wanna make sure that hygienists are kind and respectful, that dental assistants are kind and respectful. This is also gonna tell you how you're doing as a provider, right? So you wanna make sure that you are asking all of these questions and also keeping in mind that this is just the barometer. There's only improvement that can happen from here and it might hurt your feelings a little bit, but that's okay because you're here to generate more money for your practice. So get your feelings a little bit hurt and then let's move on. Let's figure out how you can truly improve your patient experience so that you are generating more money while not having to spend as much on marketing to new patients, right? That is, that is the holy grail of having a dental practice. Patients that just call you and keep coming in and referring other patients to you, spending $0 on marketing because you don't need it, right? That is, that is literally the holy grail. So how do we get there? We start by doing that first step, that survey. Then I want you to start looking at how your patients experience you and your practice. If you have a husband, a wife, a significant other, a colleague, a friend, someone that you trust who will call into the practice and sort of be a mystery shopper and ask to schedule an appointment, see what that experience is like. I will tell you from personal experience, I have had such terrible experiences with front desk staff. When I have called in to schedule an appointment, when I have called in to confirm an appointment, why am I calling in as a patient to confirm an appointment, number one? My experience has just been so all over the place, but the practices that truly took care of me, that walked me through step-by-step, step, that were there for me, that respected my name, it's Nermeen, asked me how to spell it, how to say it properly, asked me what my last name was, how to spell it properly. Like those little things that don't seem like a big deal to you until you have a name that's not Billy John or Sally or, uh, or Sam, you know, those are like the easy names, right? But 
we're not living in a world where people necessarily have those names. I'm here on this podcast as a Nermeen Jasani. And do you know what people have called me when I have called to schedule an appointment? Mr. Jasani, Mr. Nerman, Vermin. I mean, I've heard all sorts of things, right? So you really want to make sure that the littlest thing that you can do is make sure that you get your patient's name right, okay? Especially for your front desk staff, especially when they are doing the client, excuse me, the patient intake and doing the, you know, sort of first appointment scheduling, new patient scheduling. So get someone who can call in to figure out what that experience is like for them, what the front desk staff is like. And if that feels like, oh, this could be improved on, improve it make it better. Then you want to look at the actual communication that's happening on this call. Are you in, are you accepting their insurance? Are you, what's the process that you're going to go through to let the patient know whether or not the insurance is going to process 50% or hundred percent? What is that like for you? You need to make sure that you are communicating that at the beginning so that the patient isn't coming in, getting in your chair for that new patient exam, spending $150, or $150 then getting a treatment package for $10,000, $5,000, $2,000, and then you're telling them that they don't accept your insurance. I'm telling you that's gonna get you a bad Google review. I'm telling you that that is just a terrible process to have in place, awful. It needs to be communicated clearly and effectively at the beginning, at the first call, or you need to say, what's your insurance? Let me get your insurance information. Let me call them. I'm gonna call you back in 24 hours to let you know what it's gonna be, and then we will confirm your appointment. Whatever your process is, you wanna make sure that it's clear and it's there. Then there's confirming the appointment 100%. You wanna make sure that you are confirming your patient's appointment, okay? Confirm through multiple methods. Don't just use the phone call, use the text message and the email. Whatever system you need to have, just about all of them do that now. I know Dentrix does it, I know Patient Pop does it, I know Eaglesoft does it. These are just the normal way of doing business that you need to make sure that you are doing for your clients, okay? And for your patients. Hi doctors, just a quick note here from Nermeen. I know you're busy running your practice and I know you know that there's a lot that you could be doing to grow it. I want you to know that I'm here to help and I'd love to chat with you for 30 minutes so we can talk about your practice goals and your practice vision. I also know that you might be a little nervous to work with a consultant, especially because they tend to charge a lot and they wanna work with you for these long-term contracts. I'm not like that at all. And if after talking for 30 minutes, you decide that you wanna work in just a small bite-sized way, we can do that through a Dave strategy and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a day and we work together for five days and then I check in with you after 30 days and then after 60 days to see how things are going. So no long-term commitments, no overpriced consulting here, just good old strategy to grow your practice your way. If you're interested, take a look at the link below and you'll be able to schedule a call with me to talk about the day of strategy. I look forward to helping you. All right, let's talk about the next phase. And that's what happens when they come into your office, okay? Here's my 
personal sort of experience when it comes to dental practices. When they have to pay for parking, I have literally seen patients go somewhere else because they had to pay for parking. Okay, that's not a fun experience for anyone. Think about yourself. If you went to a law office and you had to pay for parking, you'd be like, oh, great, I gotta pay for parking. Like what, they're so cheap, they, they can't even pay for parking, right? And all the conversations that you have in your head about it, do not be the dental practice owner that makes people pay for parking. That's just rule number one, okay? Number two, you wanna make sure that you are explaining to them how to get to your office, especially if they're a new patient. You know, you wanna have pictures, diagrams, anything that's gonna make it easy for them to know how to navigate to you. I have seen multiple sort of forms of this communication. One, I think the most simple is just having a document uploaded on your website with photos of how to get there, the exact specific directions, not just take this exit, go here, go there. No, like you're gonna park here, here's a picture of our parking lot, here's a picture of the building from the outside, you're gonna come in, here's a picture of the hallway, here's a picture of the elevator, you're gonna hit the elevator floor number four, you're gonna come up to the fourth floor. Or if there's no elevator and you are in a shopping plaza, which is very common, and you're in a shopping plaza with other businesses and you're gonna say, okay, we're in between the Starbucks and uh, the Dunkin' Donuts, that's, that's where we're located, right? You wanna be as specific as possible in that information that you're communicating because you don't want the patient to feel frustrated before they even walk in the door. It is a bad patient experience to have. And put yourself in their shoes. You know, if you're getting lost before you get to a lawyer's office, how likely and how willing are you to pay the $10,000 that they want? Less likely because you got confused on the way, but if it was all seamless, if it was just easy as pie, you'd be like, oh, this was so great. Yes, please take my money. I fully trust you, right? It's how you sort of slowly but surely use external factors to build trust with your patients so that they trust you before they even get into the chair. Okay, let's talk about the next phase. What is it like when they are waiting in the chair? You wanna make sure that when they sign in, I don't care if you use technology or not, that doesn't really matter to me that much because some practices, you know, skew older in their patient base and some skew younger. You know, it, it, your systems may not like the technology, whatever that is, right? Like just figure out paper, digital, whatever. Make the check-in seamless. And also when they're waiting in that waiting area, please, I see so many practice owners doing this. They're in these, dingy offices with terrible 1982 furniture and these awful paintings on the wall and paint that is peeling and just a weird funky smell, right? You know, you know those, you know the ones I'm talking about, right? Okay, what are the odds of you being able to get a $10,000 patient case when that's the environment that they're walking into? Think about yourself, right? And how you experience offices. You go into the hole in the wall restaurant and they give you a bill for $5,000 for a fancy dinner. You're gonna be like, yeah, right, get out of here. But you walk into a restaurant where they have valeted your car and the person is waiting for you with a glass of champagne already ready. And then you get taken to your table immediately and bread is brought out. That is the experience I'm talking about. That is the experience where when you present a bill for $5,000, that client's gonna be like, and you yourself are gonna be like, yes, please take my money, right? Because everything was like seamless and taken care of in this process. Okay, so their patient experience before they even get to your chair, and then 
the experience of their being walked back, whether it's the hygienist or the dental assistant that's taking them to the back or the front desk person, you want to make sure there's a little bit of conversation there, nothing too detailed. Hey, how are you doing today? God, that weather outside, can you believe it? Well, stay warm, right? You wanna make sure that all of that is there and it's taken care of and it feels nice and perfect. And then the next step that you wanna have is your own personal interaction with your patient. All right, personal story time. I was once in a uh, dentist chair and the treatment coordinator came in who also happened to be the practice manager. Hey, okay, they're both in the room. I ask a question about the treatment plan. When does it need to happen? Do I need to get this done tomorrow? Or is this something that I can wait like two or three weeks for? And I asked this question and the dentist is in the room. I can see she's in the room. She doesn't answer the question. The treatment manager asks the dentist the question and then the dentist answers the treatment manager and then I get the answer. What? Why are we going through a third person? You are standing right in front of me. Can you just tell me how often, how long I need to wait before I can get this done? How long is this urgent? You could have just answered that. I was sitting right there. I can see you. I think that whatever programs people have been using, whatever consulting things that they've been in, they've completely made the patient feel cold. And if you think about it, the dental office is already cold. You're already feeling nervous. You don't know what's gonna happen when you get there. And then you get there and you're like, oh my God, I'm really nervous. Now you're asking me to spend all this money and now you're not even gonna answer my question. Someone else is answering the question. You've left me feeling completely cold. My questions aren't answered, nothing. Do you know what happened? I left that practice, never called them ever again. Never followed up with them. I dodged all of their phone calls. I paid whatever I needed to pay for that one visit. Never went to see them ever again. Do you know why? It's because they couldn't even talk to me when I was in the same room. And you want me to spend thousands of dollars with you? Are you, are you gonna talk to me when I'm in the room when you're in my mouth and drilling and doing all of these things? Or are you gonna talk to your treatment manager? It doesn't make me feel confident in what you can do as a dentist. So I've gone through all of the phases of the patient experience. The final phase that you wanna make sure of is scheduling them for their comeback without making it pressure filled. I see the, the information that is shared, which is whatever you do, you have to make sure to your front desk staff, to your closeout staff, whoever that is, that you schedule the follow-up. And then they start pressuring that person. And the person is like, that patient's like, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm going out of town. I just don't know my schedule. Can I please call back? Well, you know what? Let, let's still schedule you now. Let's schedule you now. And it just becomes like this really weird, like pressure situation where the patient's like, hey, I just really need to run right now. Can you just call me back? And you're like, ah, oh, but my process says I can't let you leave unless I do this, because then it's gonna be a ding in my KPIs and my Dentrix report. Okay, so you wanna definitely make sure that you're training your staff on what to say and what not to say, right? I will tell you that I created team playbook for all of my um, clients and that team playbook is shared with every single member on the team and it has a list of things of s s do not say and to, stay, to say this instead. 
you know, one of the things is, you know, don't ever tell someone to calm down because they will never calm down, right? Like you, you definitely don't want to use that phrasing. The same goes for this walkout experience. You want to make sure that it's warm, that the dental assistant or the hygienist is like, can't wait to see you back again. Make sure you schedule your cleaning and that they're there to say those things. Then when it gets to the front desk or the checkout desk, you know, that person is saying, hey, how was your visit today? We're so excited to see you. We can't wait to see you again. How is this date for you, right? And if the patient truly feels like they're in such a hurry, let them go, call them back. Like don't make it a weird like tug of war where you're just like oh but i need this information and i can't let you go so now they feel kind of forced and imprisoned like please don't do that that's not fun for anyone and it wouldn't be fun for you either if you went to a practice so that's everything on the patient experience i want you to know that it is incredibly important and i've just broken down for you multiple phases of the patient experience and if you are feeling overwhelmed and like Oh my God, where am I even supposed to start with this? Let's chat, right? That's what I'm here for. And patient experience is, by the way, only part of your practice. It's not even the whole thing. That's just like two little pieces of it, right? All right. Well, thank you so much for listening into this episode. Next episode, you definitely want to listen to because in that episode, I'm talking about how you as the CEO, as the owner of the practice, the president, the the manager, the master, the wizard dentist, right? End up acting like an associate. And I see it far too often where practice owners act like associates. So we're gonna talk all about that in the next episode. So listen into that. And thank you so much for listening in today. Have a good one. Bye doctors.